Welcome into a special road edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined in person across the table by Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going? Man, it, it, I, I drove through a monsoon to get here, but for an opportunity to podcast live with Woody Womack, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, people will be lining up around the block. Uh, <laughs> if you're in the Fort Worth area, consider yourself horned because <laughs> Woody and Nick are hitting the town tonight. Uh, we, we're both traveling, uh, going to watch various uh, football games. I'm going to Shreveport, which apparently doesn't have an airport uh, nearby. So <laughs> here we are. Well, I want to rename the city, right? Shreve, Shreveport-less? Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. There must be a river that goes through there, which gives it its uh, port name. I'm hearing like a loud no- Are you hearing that noise? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's not getting picked up on the recording. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, uh, we want to remind you, uh, tell a friend, leave a review. We tried a new thing this past week where we did a, a recap of the games. Did you listen to it, Nick? No. Okay. Well, come on. <laughs> listen to the solid verbal. I listened to the, uh, I listened to the armchair quarterback this week because I produced it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sneaky producer credit for Nick because uh, Officer Friedman. Uh, was on the road yeah. and uh, the hotel chain he stays at has poor internet. So uh, check that podcast out as well. We talk about Alabama on there. We also wrap up Hard Knocks. Uh, you can find that uh, on iTunes under Armchair Quarterback. So let's get right into it. Last week, sticking to form, the picks which Rob made uh, off the air so no one could benefit from. He went four and one. Uh, Nick went three and two, and I went two and three, just like last year, right? <laughs> exactly. I sense a trend. So uh, we do not have Rob's picks this week either. Uh, I think he will uh, put them on the Google Doc. So if you have access to that Google Doc, <laughs> you're, you're set. But if not, forget about it. Rob is uh, at home in Florida, uh, not joining us again. Hopefully we get him back sometime when, uh, when we're all in the same place. Right? Yeah, I don't know when the next time that might be. Well... We'll get him on the we'll get him on the horn. Rob, come back to oh he doesn't listen. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, we'll pick the games. Let's get right into it. First one, Georgia at South Carolina. This line's been moving around a lot. I have it here as uh, Georgia a ten point favorite out south at South Carolina. I think it opened higher than that. I know Bill Trochi sent me the picks of the week and had it at nine, and I was like, You're trying to short me points. <laughs> come on, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know where he got the nine from. This is a tough one. I've kind of pointed this game the whole time as uh, as being a game that South Carolina might be able to win because they catch Georgia early in the year. It's at South Carolina. Who knows? And if they win that, next thing you know, they're in the they're in the driver's seat uh, for the SEC East. So I'm gonna go. If you give me the double digits, I am gonna take South Carolina to cover. I don't know if they win the game, but. Uh, I don't know. Something about them. I like their chances. They got a veteran quarterback. I think they got a pretty good defense. I know one of their defensive ends uh, was hurt last week, but I think he's supposed to be back in time. So uh, give me the game, Cox, and the ten points. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, that's a good pick. I, you know, a lot of people talking about this game, uh, bringing up the fact that you know Georgia, even though even though a very successful Week One effort, uh, replacing a lot of uh, pieces defensively, breaking in a lot of new guys, and South Carolina with an experienced defense. And I think I heard a stat where over the last four years. In home games, uh, there's something like 75% uh, at home. So, so pretty good home field advantage and an opportunity to make some noise in the SEC. I mean, this is this is one of those situations where South Carolina has to feel they take a step forward in the conference uh, with the team and the personnel that they have and uh, Bentley throwing the ball well. So I'll take uh, South Carolina to cover as well. Yeah, that's a big spread at home. I mean, I think South Carolina is the second best team in the SEC East, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there. All right, next up, uh, right down the road from here, College Station, uh, the Aggies playing host to Clemson and uh, the greatest football player ever, Trevor Lawrence, who mm. is inching his way closer through three touchdowns in his first ever game last week. Might be taking that job soon. They brought him out in front of the media, too, Nick, for the press conference. You ever seen that? Yeah. Some schools don't even let true freshmen talk at all, all season. What did he say? Anything good? No, nah, he was really, uh, you know, <laughs> taking it one game at a time. Situation. <laughs> Didn't bring a lot. But the, the Tigers are 12-point favorites on the road going into Kyle Field where it's loud. They got a lot of people in, what are they, Army uniforms? I never really got what. <laughs> They they're like uh, they're kind of like Mountie uniforms. Cadets, are they cadets? yeah yeah. Something. Are they like that ROTC thing? What is it? They're Aggies. <laughs> I guess. And Aggies a cow. I don't know. I'm from Florida. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. People are gonna get mad at us probably. And I guess, only know about Gators and Hurricanes. 
That's right. Guess what? I'm picking the Tigers to cover. Give me Clemson. Really? Wow. Minus 12. I just think uh, they got too much offense. I think it's going to be a – it might be close for a while, but Clemson pulls away. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Texas A&M here um, because I think that, you know, a lot of people uh, bring up the fact that there's a lot of goodwill for, you know, a coach like Jimbo Fisher still early on. And, you know, the Kyle Field is going to be rocking. There's going to be a lot of people expecting um, – you know, a, a, a good showing from A&M here uh, with, you know, with all this excitement around the, the program now with Jimbo coaching and, you know, somebody that obviously has a lot of experience coaching against uh, Dabo Swinney and, and Clemson. And I think there's, you know, like I said before, I think there's a lot of athletes there at A&M. It was just a matter of um, getting them to do the right things. And, you know, this is going to be a test, no question. But if all he has to do is uh, cover 12 points, uh, you know, I like Jimbo Fisher's odds at doing that at home. All right, next up, we had to go off the board because we don't have a lot of top 25 matchups. Uh, Kentucky at Florida. Kentucky has not beaten Florida in something like 30 years. Uh, they come in there two touchdown underdogs. They struggled a little bit with Central Michigan last week. Florida dominant, the new offense. And uh, I'm going to take Kentucky to cover, though. 14 points, two touchdowns. That's a lot of points, don't you think? Uh, you know, I mean, I was watching uh, the Florida game with with my brother, noted UF alumni Alex Kruger, um, and you know, we were talking about the line before that game. What was it? They they had a forty two point line or something against yeah. Charleston Southern, <laughs> yeah, and, and then they shot they shot were shot out of a cannon in the first half, and we were like, man, it's a good thing, uh, you know, we weren't inclined to you know make a wager on on that bet because we thought that they were going to sail clear through that number. So, you know, I don't know if that. It's tough kind of gauging what a game like that can mean, but I think in Florida's case, uh, you know, it's a it's definitely the kind of confidence builder that they could use after the past couple of seasons and a, and a vote of confidence for, for the job that Mullen's doing there is trying to uh, turn things around. And it's a home game, so uh, given Kentucky's history, I'll, you know, I'll take Florida to, uh, you know, to hold them off there. Yeah, boy, uh, Alex liked Gainesville so much he graduated in three years. He didn't. <laughs> he, loved being a, he loved being a Gator so much. Uh, Alex, don't break your phone yeah, while you're listening to this. And then he moved to Venice. <laughs> yeah, then he moved. <laughs> a strong move up. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, now he lives with you in uh, lovely, lovely Texas. That's right. Uh, all right, next up. This is a ranked, a ranked matchup. USC at Stanford. This one kind of similar to the uh, – Clemson, or excuse me, the South Carolina-Georgia game. Two conference teams playing early. Of course, they're in different divisions. The Trojans, six-point underdogs going to Stanford. Kind of a kind of an odd line. I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Stanford here. I like what we saw from uh, our five stars, JT Daniels, last week. Amon Ross, St. Brown. I won't do the accent. I usually <laughs> do, just in case it's offensive. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's tough that, you know, JT Daniels' first road game. It'll be interesting to see if the fans show up at Stanford. They showed the game last week, and there were 10 people there. It was pretty bad, so it's not exactly like an intimidating environment. Yeah, uh, and that's that's something that you see pretty frequently in regards to Stanford, too, I think. But uh, I think playing against uh, USC with an opportunity to beat them is a, is a different scenario than playing San Diego State. Uh, to open the season, right? So well, and they they were playing. I think they were playing on Friday, which I think is so stupid. I mean, it's clearly for TV, mm-hmm. but it was like you know, no one, no one's gonna go sit out in the sun on a Friday, you know, evening, just so we can watch the game on ESPN two. Why'd whatever. you write me down for San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not, that's not even the game this week. I don't even. I I really don't even know that I want to pick Stanford, but I don't know. You know, they, they, this this is still too early in the season for me to look that far west and have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, but since you already put me down for Stanford, I'll, <laughs> I'll let it roll. I mean, Bryce Love, I know he didn't have a very good uh, week one, so I'm sure he'll be motivated to 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 rebound. But, I mean, if, if USC just takes one look at the tape, you're going to tell me that they don't have the personnel to, to kind of mimic what San Diego State did? I think so. I, I, they'll give them a tough game. I just think I think Stanford defense is too much. I think they win by a touchdown, so that gives me the, the six. Uh J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, uh, one-time friend of the show. Mm. He had like 200 yards receiving last week, and I think he's going to be tough to cover. Uh, him and former five-star Trent Irwin. <laughs> Three-star from South Carolina outperforming the five-star from uh, California. Who would have thought? Mm. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, Michigan State traveling to Arizona State. I thought this was an intriguing matchup. 
Sorry, Rob, who's not listening. We had to cut uh, Mississippi State and Kansas State after Kansas mm. State barely beat like South Dakota or whoever there. Right. Yeah. It was real. Talk about ugly. Well, just just for sake of conversation, who would you pick in that game? I'd, I'd, let's go with Mississippi State. I would take Mississippi Podcast State. Podcast darlings. Yeah, big. Okay. Take them big. All right, bonus pick for you guys. Bonus pick. Uh, Michigan State, a six-point favorite going to Arizona State. Michigan State struggled, uh, I would say, mightily in week one against Utah State. I think they were losing in the fourth quarter. Was that what was going on? Did you watch it? I did not watch that game either, but... Uh, there was a stinker. So I did watch some of Arizona State before I, before I fell asleep, just before halftime. And they were killing UTSA. They did a fantastic job, yeah. And I had, I had been talking about that game in our preview show about being tough, so... Guess what? Give me Herm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and there's a lot of talk too about the fact that this is a this is a late starting game in the sense that, um, you know, it would be the equivalent of what for Michigan State starting a game at like midnight or something. Yeah, yeah, something late at night. It's going to be you know high temperatures. There's just all kinds of off the field factors at play here for Michigan State. Who, from my perspective, you know, is just a casual Michigan State watcher. It always seems that they. Anytime I watch Michigan State, it just always seems like they make things harder, uh, harder on themselves than <laughs> than they need to 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 win games. And and I just think after last week, I saw some pretty good things, uh, some explosive type plays from from Arizona State. I feel good about their chances to to do well at home. All right, so Nick and I disagree on the Texas A&M Clemson game and the Kentucky Florida game. So you know I'm going to finish last. So if you <laughs> if you're going to pick two games, those are the ones uh, to take our advice on. All right, let's jump into the topics. Boy, a lot of fake news media on the rundown here this week. Uh, what started out with Braylon Edwards, Nick, I'm sure you saw this story. Goes on Twitter tirade during the game a la, you know, a 7 on 7 coach <laughs> or something. I mean, uh, singling out individual players, mm. you know, using expletives, and uh, sure enough, no, that wouldn't be a, normally wouldn't be a big deal. But I guess he works for Big Ten Network, which uh, yeah. was recently reinstated in my household after I oh. fired shots publicly at Comcast. So thank you, uh, Comcast, for rectifying that situation. But he's suspended indefinitely. Harbaugh comes out in his press conference, says, "Come after me." I'm a man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm wearing khakis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wear a hat indoors, even though it's impolite. Uh, it seems like, and this this kind of ties in with a lot of the other topics we're talking about this week. Could it could the week have gone any worse for Michigan? I mean, they lose that game. Well, you know, did it go worse for Michigan, or did it go worse for Woody Womack, who picked <laughs> Washington and Michigan as playoff preseason playoff teams? Hey. And Nick shows Auburn is is uh, one of his as well, who offed Washington, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like I knew they would. <laughs> no, see, yeah, boy, this I don't know. I think I mean the thing about Braylon Edwards is, and this is sometimes a problem where you take a guy and put him from being a player. I mean, didn't he say? Didn't he have problems? You know, getting into trouble when he was a player a little bit talking. Uh, I, you know, I, I seem to remember his name in the headlines a lot, but it was always, you know, I, I, I can't remember necessarily for, you know, for attitude or issues or anything like that. But, but here's, but I'm not even sure that, I mean, is this Braylon's first crack at, at broadcasting at all? I mean, I'm not sure that he was, you know, maybe properly prepared for, for what that entailed. And, and on top of that, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's without, um, it's outside of his, Ability to want to say as as a Michigan alum, even working for the for the Big Ten Network, to point out what he doesn't like about the team that he played for. But I think, you know, in the fashion that he did it, was probably the the, the big mistake with the curse words and uh, right, <laughs> single, yeah, singling out specific players and things like that. I mean, if he wanted to say, oh, the run game is sorry," or they just cannot protect Patterson tonight, I mean, that's not out of line for him to say that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's a difference between you know being doing your job as a football analyst and saying, you know, Ruiz is weak, line is weak, Shea is scared. <laughs> I mean, you know, see, see, yeah, saying saying something like Shea is scared. I mean, I you know, let let's let's say he didn't even you know, throw any swear words in there or anything like that. So is it characterizing players as weak or scared is probably something. I mean, it, you might even be able to single out guys and still get your point across. You just, the tact isn't there yet because uh, probably because of that aforementioned level of seasoning that he doesn't have. Right. I mean, you could have easily said Cesar Ruiz is really struggling tonight right. for Michigan and it's, you know, affecting the whole offense. But, uh, 
you know, now we got a feud. We got Harbaugh versus uh, Braylon. They're going at it. I think, uh, let's see, he's been suspended. And then he tweeted. And then after getting suspended, I believe he still came out and tweeted something like, Michigan's still weak or something. I, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Braylon's going to learn from his mistakes. Hey, when you're right, you're right, Woody. And that's the, that's the bottom line, right? I'll tell you what, I know Rob would agree on the uh, – Caesar Ruiz front. He was never a fan of, uh, of Caesar. So, uh, all right, moving on. Uh, similar talk talking point here. ESPN's Mark Jones, you know, widely regarded as a you know up and coming announcer who's really done a great job over the years. Uh, seems to seems to be bumped up the chain every year. We had the situation last year. We talked about it on the show where you know they put the cupcakes on the field in reference to Washington. Do you remember that? No. No, I didn't. Yeah, the sideline reporter put the cupcakes on the field, and they put up a graphic of Michigan or of a Washington schedule, oh. basically inferring they hadn't played anybody. Uh-huh. Uh, then Washington loses, as we talked about, to Auburn this week, and Mark Jones tweets, "Washington Huskies took one on the chin." Where's Montana? In a reference, probably to this is what happens when they play somebody tough. At uh, which point. He does the old classic circle back. Don't get me wrong. I still think Washington will have a great season. Losing to Auburn in their backyard is a lot better than a team what like Miami did in their college to their college football chances. All love to Le- Seattle. Shout out, shout out to the brothers at Green Lake Park. <laughs> fist solidarity fist emoji. <laughs> so, uh, if, you t- if you start typing in solidarity. Well, fist emoji. Does it autocorrect into the, just the fist? Yeah, well, what's funny is uh, sometimes if you have Apple Play in the car and you have it read your text, mm-hmm. it reads the, it'll be like fair-skinned, female, shrugging emoji. Uh, so I guess we should do that when we get to, I have Apple Play in the car, okay. so we're going to do that. We'll get back to you guys on that one. I'll be outside the lines storyline update next week. Well, everyone gets mad, and guess what? Mark Jones now banned from doing Washington games. Was it really that big of a deal? I mean, I guess the theory is the play-by-play guys are supposed to be, you know, objective. But I mean, you know, we got all types of people saying all types of things. Uh, he almost came real close. I I, I didn't realize the uh, the the breadth of all the things that he said too when you when you brought up the fact that then he went on to. Uh, you know, call out another team and and Miami losing. You're right. Losing yeah, yeah. I mean, he almost. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That, that won't get deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I mean, what you know? What what can you say? Again, it's it's a similar situation. I mean, there's always a way to get your point across, and you just got to figure out the the right way to do it. Well, actually, you know what? I forgot step one in that feud. If you remember, Chris Peterson blamed ESPN for pushing their games into the 10:30 window so then nobody would see oh. them so then they were ranked lower mm-hmm. then so then they schedule a then, game then they no then they did the cupcakes bang like the next game Washington played remember then Herb Street went on game day and said Washington should be lucky we broadcast right, their game yeah. so I mean we're really going round and round here on this uh talk about a beef um I don't know. I, of course, felt like the cupcake thing was out of line. I think we talked about it. Um, but, you know, this whole West Coast, East Coast bias thing, I can tell you that, you know, growing up out West watching football, you do feel it. Uh, especially, you know, when you read articles about like the NFL draft prospects and stuff like that, and they won't mention you know, guys from the Pac-12 that you know are going to be first-round picks. And it's like, oh, I forgot about him or whatever. And, I, you know, even now, you know, I'm a night owl, but if there's only one game on in that 1030 window and it gets to be halftime and it's, yeah, I mean, it's oftentimes it's me with my headphones on and I have the game on in bed and I fall asleep. Well, the other, the other end of that, too, is like I, I think there's something to be said for just general fatigue of like if you, let, let's say you settle in, let, let's say you're one of these people that like, like, for example, if I'm not covering, if I go on the road. And I'll, I'll go to a game on Thursday and Friday night, and I come home on Saturday. Let's say that's the thing for yeah. me. I'm driving home from wherever. I'll put on college game day in the car. Some people sit on their couch and watch college right. game day. That starts, that starts when? like Here in the Central Times, when that starts at like 9 a.m. Right. So if you're buckled in for a full day of college football starting at 9 a.m., and then you want to try and get yourself up for one more game... <laughs> You know, that late at night for Arizona, Arizona State, Michigan State, when I didn't go to either one of those schools. 
Nah, it's tough. I mean, I mean, Nikhil Harry is great, but you know, I mean, at that point, I mean, I've already watched you know ten ten games of football, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to call it myself. Well, in my case, I mean, I might have watched twenty five. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those days, and I I'm similar as you. I'll actually time my drives in the morning so I can listen to college game day while I'm driving because it's it's the ideal thing to drive and listen to. Right. But then I get home, I put on the games, four or five TVs. And then I'm buckled in, like you said. But once those – and the best games are usually in that 7.30 Eastern window. And then they end. And it's like – you know, I mean, I remember you and I being in Nashville one year. And when there was a great Oregon-Arizona State game. And, I mean, the bar was, like, closing <laughs> at the time. They're like, all right, you guys got to go. And I'm like, wait, I'm waiting to see if Vernon Adams is going to throw a <laughs> touchdown in triple overtime, you know. So I, I, I see both sides. I think – you know, living on the West Coast as a sports fan is ideal because the games are all over. Especially, you know, Monday night football is over by nine o'clock, yeah. and you can go to bed. Um, but I do think it affects the voting. I think it affects the Heisman voting. I think it affects the voting on on the top twenty five. Luckily, you know, the college football committee they hunker down. They got to watch them all. They don't have a choice. <laughs> so uh, I don't think it's going to say Michigan's not going to get in, or uh, Washington's not going to get in the playoff just because they play late at night. So. Speaking of West Coast teams, Oregon State, your Oregon State Beavers, M. Deuce, his favorite team, was at his house last week, uh, sh- his house shrouded in uh, orange and black, <laughs> I would say. Also, but you know, M. Deuce, your living room had uh, purple lights in there, so maybe, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I saw a picture of your kids going to school, first day of school, and it was awfully purple, so... Yeah, maybe Chris Peterson got to him. <laughs> so uh, last week, the Beavers, of course, go to Ohio State. And actually, they lose 77-31 to 31 in a game I, I really thought was closer than it was supposed to be, even though they lost by, you know, what, 46 points. Um, the Scott Barnes, the athletic director of Oregon State, came out this week and said, uh, they're not going to play games like that in the future. We won't do it this way. That game was scheduled several years ago. It was a one-off payday against a perennial top-five team. That's not our philosophy. Our philosophy is that we'll play the middle of the Big Ten, middle of the Big 12. We'll play a group of five team and an FCS team. Building momentum means everything right now. Now, I they got paid $1.7 million to play in the game. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if he means like, in perpetuity, but the Pac-12 plays nine conference games. So oftentimes, you know, you're not getting, like the SEC's playing the FCS teams in November every year. That doesn't happen, you know, in the Pac-12. You, you get, who's, in their, who's in their division? Their division, Stanford, Cal, uh, Oregon, Washington, Washington State. Right, how many teams is that? That was that was five. Yeah, and they're six. And they're six. So that's a pretty good division, though. Yeah, and then they miss. So you miss two teams in the Pac-12 every year. So I'm not sure who they. So miss. then, so then what? Then they have to play. Then they have to play. They play just, four of the six from the bottom. From from the other d- division. Yeah, USC, uh-huh. UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. Yeah. So no matter what, even if you miss the two best teams, you're still. You've got a harder schedule, I think, than, you know, people can say, oh, no, because there's more good teams in the SEC or whatever. But if you're Oregon State and you play Ohio State, let's take a look at their schedule this year. Actually. Well, while you're, while you're looking that up, I mean, just initially, I don't see I don't see why I don't see why you would do that if you're Oregon State, first of all, because we just got done having a conversation about the limited exposure or the perception of limited exposure. A team, a team that's trying to build, uh, trying to build towards something, any any kind of. Uh, situation because because Oregon State is not is not in a place like Cal is not in a place like USC or wherever where if they were down they would still have a wealth of talent to draw from you know regionally they you know they're gonna they're gonna have to look elsewhere I know they offered a bunch of kids in Texas uh, you know over the past couple of years and um, you know and and, to, and in order to facilitate that you got to make some money somewhere and, right. and what and what was the situation with Ohio State I mean you, you you know even though they gave up a ton of points. Some people were surprised by the amount of points that they themselves scored too. Right. So I mean, th- there's only upside in the sense that, you know, y- yes, you're you're going to get blown out nine times out of ten. However, 
you do get that exposure. Uh, you know, if you get the new uniforms, the new logo or whatever, as they did a couple of years ago, that's a chance to show off the new style. You've got a new coach uh, to put them out there. And then there's that one, you know, chance that you might catch Ohio State in, on an off day, catch them on the upset and get paid on top of that. I mean, you know, they, I, I feel like there's a lot more upside for them to continue playing those games when the rest of your schedule is just so naturally packed with decent teams as it is anyway in conference. Yeah, I think... I think what he's saying is, uh, no, you make the point because what if they played Minnesota and they lost 28-14 to 14 and it was on the Big Ten alternate network and nobody ever saw it. Right. So there were a featured game at noon on ABC. I know I watched way more of it than I ever anticipated watching. And, and keep in mind, they scored 31. I think their quarterback got knocked out like eight plays into the game. They, be- they benefited from – they were one of the few teams from, – from an exposure – Standpoint, they were one of the few teams that benefited from all of the the, uh, the weather delays. Right, exactly. In week one, because everybody kept you and me were talking. I was worried I was going to miss some of the uh, the Auburn and, and Washington. Oh game yeah, because they right. were sticking with that game for a while. Well, so I see his point. They want to get three wins. They need to build momentum. I think they went one and eleven last year. They can't be going one and eleven. I, I think they're way better. I think I think Jonathan Smith is a good coach. I've noticed. Oh, they're picking up a lot of the Nebraska defectors. Have you seen that? I think they've got two guys from Nebraska already that oh, have really? transferred in that Mike Riley recruited, obviously. I think he's some type of assistant there, or mm. he was, but, you know, even if he's not, he's then he's just a handler, <laughs> you know, sending his guys there. So uh, I think I think the more I think about it, the more I saw that game, I think Jonathan Smith was a good hire. I think he's a good offensive mind, and I think he earned his shot. So... Do I think it's good? Do I think they're going to a bowl game this year? No. Could I see it in two or three years? Yes. But I just don't think you should come out and say, you know, hey. We're yeah, because what I mean, what's the expectation for anybody that that all all they have to do is call up one website and see one one you went one and eleven the season before? I mean, who's who's expecting you to like what like what what is an acceptable outcome in that Ohio State game? You right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. I'm trying to look up. Uh, future FBS schedules for the Beavs and see who they play. I just think, I think, you know, you, we see these announcements. It drives me it drives me crazy all the time when you see these things like, oh, Oregon is playing the Dallas Cowboys in 2049. And you're like, they're never going to play that game. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's, so, there's, they were making a lot of those types of announcements here in the past, past couple of weeks. Okay, so, so yeah, let's look at Oregon State's schedule. They have a home-and-home with Oklahoma State the next two years. I don't think that fits the bill as a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. Do you? No. Uh, um, that, that's not, t- not in the sense of, you know, uh, results. I mean, probably in... Uh, you know, wide public interest. Maybe, right. Uh, 2021, they play at Purdue. That looks to be a one-off. 2022, uh, they have Boise State and Fresno State, which are two really hard out-of-conference teams. 2023, Boise State and San Diego State, and they're still going to add another game. And then, boy, they play. And then they then 2024, Fresno State and Purdue. 2025, Texas Tech. 2026 Texas Tech and San Diego State. So, I mean, I mean, if the, if that's the case, if that's the strategy that the AD wants to take, I mean, don't don't you want to get with your new head coach and be like, what areas do you think you can recruit best, and that's where you're trying to schedule that one extra game for, right? Yeah, playing the game, playing the game in, playing the game in uh, Texas is a good one. Uh, and I think, guess what? When Jonathan Smith was on that team, when they had some of their best teams back in the day. Uh, they were recruiting tech. I mean, Jaquiz Rogers and his brother James Rogers, who works there now, uh, is from. They were both from Texas. So, I mean, I don't know. There you have it. All right, moving on. A lot of Oregon State talk. There you go, M Deuce. <laughs> Send us your thoughts. Let us know. Uh, should the Beavers be afraid to play good teams? <laughs> Next words, not mine. All right, moving on. <laughs> Our boy, Willie Taggart, one-time potential podcast host, made me wait for three hours and didn't do the podcast, came and shook my hand, uh, dapped me up, and that was it. He faked an injury. Yeah, he held held up our podcast. uh, Yeah, he faked an injury for sure. Uh, He came out this week, I guess it was yesterday, He he was asked specifically if he thought Virginia Tech was faking injuries during... Uh, the game the other night, which there were a few clips, you probably saw them on Twitter, of guys, you know, going down 
oh, you know, I'm cramping or whatever. But oftentimes yeah. they look to the sideline. That's where you, that's where they get him is when they look to the sideline. Right. He said, yes, it was a thing. Uh, and he just got killed for it. I mean, we listened before we started. I, we listened to PTI. Yeah. I mean, when they lead, here's the thing. They've been on the front of those shows, all those shows, the last two days because they lost so bad on Monday night that, and there's no NFL. It led all the sports shows on Tuesday. Yeah. Then he comes out Wednesday and says that, and they let him again yeah. of them saying, you know, he did a bad job. So, first of all, the no huddle excuse thing has been going on for ten years. I mean, it's happened to Auburn, it's happened to Oregon, any of the teams, especially the first teams that brought in that hurry up no huddle. Yeah. We saw the fake injury excuse. I mean, we saw the videos. We've seen Cal, Cal did. I think it, I think it led to suspensions one year at Cal. But guess what? It's a tactic. It's going to happen. You know, it's a, sorry. What can you do to stop it? The, you know, I, I feel bad for Taggart in the sense that, uh, well, I only I was only able to watch the second half of that game uh, when it was still within strike because FSU started out the second half with the ball. They were down 17-3, to three, I think. So if they came out and scored a touchdown right away, they would have been right back in it. And watching that game, you saw how well the defense played uh, and how unfavorable uh, field position they had for, for most of the second half there. And they just could not get out of their own way for, for most of it outside of that Cam Akers run. That uh, and then he, and then he went and botched oh, the hand up on the geez. following play there. But so you know, I mean, there were bigger issues, and I think as much as as much as people get down on um, you know coaches for doing the traditional cliche coach speak, I mean, that's what you say in that scenario. If somebody, if a reporter asks you, and 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 it doesn't get mentioned enough when a reporter asks a question about a specific thing, and then the quote given response to that, but you don't hear the question too often. You just hear that just comes across as the coach complaining about the injuries, for example. But I mean, that was a perfect opportunity for him to say, uh, you know, for him to say that there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of things that hurt him worse than fake injuries in that that game. Yeah, you should. Yeah, exactly. He should have just played it off and said, Hey, you know, it's something we we think you know we're concerned about, but any anything like that will take to the league office. We could have played better, blah right. blah blah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's kind of funny because we want coaches to not be robots, but then we're always like, he should just be a robot. You know, <laughs> so I think I do think it is a little overblown. You mentioned, I mean, go look at the stats from the game. They they had a chance to win that game. I mean, see, how do you say that? They only scored three points. You, you know what I was thinking as I was watching that second half was I felt like if uh, watching how well Florida State's defense played in, in the situations that it was in the second half, like I was waiting for them to get like a pick six or like a scoop score fumble or something. And I could see I could see at that point if it was if they were still within two scores and something like that would happen with the way that their defense was playing, I felt like that would have changed the energy in the stadium, would have changed the energy on the sidelines, would have given the defense enough juice and momentum to finish out the game strong, and then it would have been a different story. And even though they were getting stopped and doing well, that particular thing never happened and 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 that, you know, I think that just bled through. I mean, the offense just couldn't and I was telling you. Uh, watching, you know, watching Francois play. I mean, I love the way he throws. I mean, I've, I love, I love his arm. I love the, watching him throw a ball, even if it doesn't <laughs> find its target. I just think, I just think he's a fun quarterback to watch. But, but when you don't see what the receivers are doing downfield, I just did not know, like, why he was holding on to the ball so long, why he couldn't make a decision, what was going on. Because I thought this was supposed to be. We, how many times have you heard lethal simplicity yeah, well, this week? You know, that, that's what we need to talk about too. I mean, that him saying that, and that, I mean. Holy cow with that. that. I mean, that just got thrown. I mean, Lackford, I don't know how many times Lackford texted me some version of lethal something. I can't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up forward. But he kept, I mean, I think he fancies himself uh, some type of an onlooker of Florida State. I don't, I'm not really sure how that happened since he's from Philadelphia. We're all, we're all Florida State onlookers in some, yeah. for some reason. In the uh, we're, we're, let me, let me, let me Real quick, it. while you're looking that up, uh, maybe I can get your, your side thoughts on Puma Passes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I talked about it with Coach Brown on Sunday, and uh, our friend uh, Blair Angulo had texted me, and he just says that I love how you've just been dragging pass. And it's not – listen, it's nothing personal against him. I just knew, I mean, going into your first starters against Alabama, forget about it. Yeah. I don't care who you threw out there. Look at look at DeAndre Francois last year, ruined yeah. his whole season. I mean, and we think he's very good. I think 
I just think Louisville's lacking talent, and that's why uh, <laughs> I'm just reading some. Lackford is just so mad during this game. I'm trying to read some of the text, but, uh, you know, I don't know. You can't really. Lethal stupidity. That's what, <laughs> that, was what, that was what Lackford had to say. I, I really didn't get what he was referencing either until uh, I followed up afterwards. So definitely that was about – I just don't think things are as bad. You know, it's easy to overreact. I listened to an, another podcast uh, and somebody was saying, remember the year Notre Dame played Texas week one and it was like an epic game? Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah it yeah. might have been in Orlando. Was it in Orlando? No, no, no. Was, was that, a, Texas? that was Texas? Yeah. And it was like, oh, Cause, my – Because that was when just Strong was – I mean, it was do or die for strong. Right. And then they win in double overtime or something like that at home against a big program like Notre Dame. And Kaiser was the quarterback. Right. And, I mean, everybody just lost their minds because they thought this, you know, this is going to be the redemption, you know, right. move for Texas. And they went five and seven. Notre Dame went four and eight. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, this was not that big of a, in retrospect, it was like, why did we get so excited about that? So, uh, anyway, I think just be patient, Florida State fans. I think, I still think they win about eight games. You know, I'd love to get Rob's opinion on it. Uh, we'll see how they do the next couple of weeks. A lot of these teams now have a couple of weeks of, Nobody games, and then I think three weeks from now is when we get the big daddies, Florida against Tennessee, things of that nature. So yeah. we'll be uh, we'll be waiting for that. Now, Nick, going off the radar, big news this week is former two-star uh, defensive end, tight end prospect Colton Underwood named the new bachelor. Ooh. We should generally we we would put this on the other podcast, uh, but guess what, Nick? When the bachelor is on. We may bring you on there every week to talk about it. So get your popcorn ready. What are your What's your take? You're the one who watches The Bachelor uh, most often. Seems like there's a big backlash to this one. Well, so uh, for those who aren't familiar, um, and I, I didn't, I, I, wa- I watched The Bachelorette. I keep track of The Bachelor, so that that's the that's the difference. Right. I thought it was the other way around. Uh, I thought you watched The Bachelor. Yeah, other way around. Yeah. Other way around. You're right. Uh, so see, that just shows you, shows you how long I'm up to a good start here as an expert. But the uh, but the, the controversy uh, is, the, is, you know, the big storyline with Colton is uh, that he was a very public virgin on the show. Yeah, and so that's, so that's, that's number one. Is he, Why are you always lying? <laughs> well, there's no the, way. There's Sorry. Been, there's been plenty of speculation because, you know, not, not only was he a, uh, you know, a ranked recruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring on Edgy Tim. Guess what? Edgy Tim, you're coming on the show. I'm bringing everybody on. He, he went on to play some degree of college football. So, you know, at, at, there were a number. And in the National Football League and... He asked out Ali Raceman on Yahoo right. Sports. Remember when you were at the Olympics? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So there you got was, all types of ties. But, but as far as his football career is concerned, and that's what what a lot of the discussion was about. That you know, people say, how do you how how do you make it through two levels of you know, uh, you know, set, right, past, yeah, past yeah. high school football, being around you know females and whatnot? That um, <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea. You get the idea. Yeah. And, uh, and he's a good-looking guy, good enough to be the bachelor next season, obviously. So you know, so that's going to be an interesting thing. I think there were some concerns about you know how personable he is uh, in general and, and what that might mean for the show. But you know, bo- bottom line is, here's the deal: when they announce when they announce these things, whether it's the Bachelorette or the Bachelor, that's when that's when the casting calls start thereafter. So anybody that comes to try out for the show wants to be involved with this person based on what they saw from the season before you know so so even though regardless of what the opinion was of him coming out of this past season uh you can bet that the you know the girls uh, looking to win his heart will be interested in, in doing so and i think he's i actually think he you know the whole virgin thing i think really took him down i think that's what got him voted off the island uh on the show because of i don't think anybody was buying it i mean he's a pretty good looking guy and the other factors you mentioned. Plus, he had dated some other girl that the Bachelorette happened to know. So, oh, that's right. He dated, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, anyway, well, we're she gonna, was on the Bachelor herself, you know. Right, exactly. You know, it's a whole intertwined world, yeah. much like the Rivals podcast world. But uh, <laughs> so we got a few months until that comes back. Doesn't it usually come on in like January or something? Uh, yes. Either that, after, or it comes back in like Bowl? a month or something. I don't know, but. Uh, Whenever it comes back, we're going to talk about it on the Armchair Quarterback podcast. So we will be sure to advise you uh, before we do that. So you know what I've always wanted to do uh, since I started. We now that there's enough of us involved in watching shows that involve uh, you know athletes and whatnot. Can we do the fantasy, the fantasy draft for the for the Bachelor 
where each of us picks sure five yeah, we can do that. that okay that uh i know that goes on uh plenty of people in my life do uh <laughs> those type of things <laughs> so it shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard to figure it out I'm all right excited. moving on time for tweet of the week you better hope that mediocre money that you make at rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life uh we got all t- we got all types of stuff First of all, I guess the I guess the one goes to uh, goes to Mike Leach, uh, f- former two time guest, one of our most listened to episodes. I don't know if you saw this week. They he, they were running all types of weird formations. Did you see where they like lined up the linemen way out on one side? So anyway, um, busted coverage, which is a website, uh, you know, blog type thing. <laughs> they tweeted out a clip. Uh, down 19-13 in third to Wyoming, Mike Leach calls the same bizarre formation on two consecutive plays, eventually scores 28 unanswered to win 41-19, and afterwards talks about preparing his team with seasonal forest fires, right? Mike, tweets, Mike Leach retweets this and says, Been working with Microsoft engineer and Coog grad who has some innovative ideas. Stay tuned. We call this one Big Gulp Left, named after a friend of mine. And that was direct shots fired at Dan Wolken, who who wrote an article about how Mike Leach was stupid and should be fired. And Mike Leach said that Dan Wolken should be working at 7-Eleven selling big gulps. <laughs> <laughs> an epic, an epic subtweet. Uh, boy, I'm sure Dan Wolken's sitting in his little neighborhood uh, breakfast spot, uh, as Rob Cassidy's always talking about. <laughs> Uh, really didn't like that one, but, uh, nice beef. I love a reporter versus coach beef, especially Leach, who's usually loved, uh, by the media. So, uh, we'll continue to enjoy that one. And, and definitely these formations are weird. I'm going to, it'll be fun to watch when we ever get a chance to see Washington state play. And then our boy, Kelvin Joseph, they love fat, as we know, <laughs> nicknamed uh, fat, uh, some reason just randomly tweeted, and I don't know if this was related to something for the game, says, just tweets this out, LOL, by the way, I have my own swag, four bands on one arm, that me, get used to it. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah, you, always, you can always find him on the field for sure. Yeah, he's always got those four bands, uh, and then there was a lot of talk about, uh, about how much swag he had. Uh, <laughs> jumped in that water. I don't need a vest. <laughs> of, Kelvin is on fire. Don't take away players' Twitter accounts during the seasons. Um, uh, somebody, uh, Footwork King, who actually I think uh, you deal with sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He tweeted, number one, better be cold at corner with all them wristbands on. And Kelvin replies, four wristbands and a sleeve. Ride the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Footwork King should know. He he knows. He's pretty. He's pretty dialed in. He he probably knows pretty well what Kelvin's capable. Oh, you of. know what? I just noticed that Kelvin unfollowed me. So uh, mm. you know what that means. Well, I can unfollow him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's always hard when the guys go back to college because you feel like, uh, of course, then I won't see. I won't see wristband. I won't see wristband tweets anymore. But uh, you know, I don't fault. I don't fault them for unfollowing me. Do you? No. And I mean, you know, the the likelihood of, of us uh, having to converse with them a whole lot passed. <laughs> well, I often tell kids, hey, I got your number. You got mine. If right. you want to text me, go ahead. So, all right, moving on. Uh, rants and recommendations. I still got some saved on here, but I guess what? I'm going off the board. And it's because, and Rob doesn't have to be on the show to hear this one. I am, and neither does anybody else who knows me besides you, because I haven't complained to you about this. <laughs> I am so sick of people saying, living my best life as a caption on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, etc. To the point where, I mean, I, Rob and I have been sending each other examples back and forth. Yeah. And I mean, I'll go on Instagram, I'll click through three or four different stories, and it's people living their best life. I had somebody Snapchat, somebody Snapchat me the other day saying they were living their best life, and I said, see if you can go two days without using that caption again. <laughs> so guess what? There's a challenge to everybody out there. Please. It's so played out. And I think people just get into these phases where they just say, like, remember YOLO. It's a, it's the new, it's the new YOLO. It's yeah. the new... Uh, 
you know, I don't know, chilling like a villain, <laughs> Max and relaxing, whatever you want to say. Have you, have you noticed it uh, permeating into your life, Nick? Well, you know, on, on, a, on a similar note, uh, you know, as, as, we're, as we have to do as part of our job, we have to keep an eye on, uh, you know, all these kids' Twitter accounts, social media accounts, and, you know, I'm sure as goes on in your neck of the woods, as it does in mine, a uh, fair number of football players like to retweet pictures of girls who, you know, just normal like high school girls, but they take pictures in threes, right? Three like photos, standing in a parking yeah. lot. And they'll always, they'll always say, they'll always have some kind of quote uh, that's like a similar deal where it's like, you know, bucket was empty, so I filled it up. And you're kind of like, <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, listen, at least that's original. <laughs> Feeling cute, might delete later. Yeah. <laughs> car, car was in park. Now I'm the e-brake or something. And it's like, I, I, like, what do these have to do with anything that you're talking about? Well, I think there's a lot of pressure uh, among the younger kids on coming up with a clever caption, especially puns I see a lot of. So I can understand. I wish I got puns. I don't get puns. Yeah. I, get, I get lines like that that I can't tell if there's some kind of rap lyric I missed. Or... Yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, that's they'll like, like him saying he jumped in the water. He doesn't need a vest, I would bet, is a... Uh, so, so here's this from the Miami Herald. Rob sent me this today. Headline, one minute a model was living her best life on Instagram. The next she was dead. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, well, listen, what, once you've lived your best life, What's left to do? Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's just one of that's the... That's disrespectful. That's just one of the examples of people living their best life. And yeah. I mean... Yeah, so that, well, that's what you need to be sending to people. Let them know. You live too much of your best life. Eventually, <laughs> yeah, it's going to run out. You don't know what's going to happen. So, right. please stop saying it. And, uh, you know, guess what? Allie's Cookies. How about this one? <laughs> Let me see what you think about this real quick. You know I love Allie's Cookies. <laughs> Big shout to Allie, who doesn't really exist, I don't think. Best cookie shop in the world, no cap. <laughs> um, so you go there and buy Allie's cookies. You say you want to buy someone a gift pack, right? Okay, what's a baker's dozen is 13 generally, right? Okay, yeah. Well, at Allie's, they give you 14. <laughs> Take that, baker's. Okay. Well, that's, that's a nice perk, right? Right. But. What do they call that? Allie's, Allie's dozen. dozen. Yeah. But, but how about this? Each time you buy a, a cookie, they give you a stamp. Uh-huh. So if you buy 14... 10 stamps equals a free cookie, yeah. right? So I can't forget we were buying... We, you know, we were giving them to somebody at a party or something. We buy the 14. Yeah. And they say... And we give them the card and they say, Oh, no, when you buy a, when you buy a dozen, you don't get stamps. Like, I didn't expect them to give me 15 Well, stamps. they do get in their defense if you buy a baker's dozen and then they still give you another Well, one. that's what they said. But I said, yeah, well, guess what? I bought 13... If I would have bought them individually, it would have given me 13 stamps, and I still would have got a free so cookie, need, and so I'd be ahead three stamps. So you want the three stamps? No, I just want one stamp. Oh. I don't need to. They don't even give you one stamp? No, let's meet halfway. Just give me one stamp. I just bought 14 cookies. That's more than fair. So, you know, Allie. Allie. I'm your biggest advocate. As 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 Allie should know by now, as we police the, you know, the dad. Oh, that's right. The system. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're looking out for well, you. Well, that's the thing. You're just giving out free cookies to him who comes in with some cockamamie well, story. He comes in, takes the free cookies. Now you don't get stamps. That's exactly. the trickle down. Exactly. So stop abusing the system. Uh, I have a quick rant. Oh, okay. I, I, you know, I came, I came in here. To, to come up to the hotel room that you're staying in here, three three elevators, and none of them are, like, by default on floor one. How do you not have... <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Should they all... all okay, so let me ask you a question. One needs to be down on the first floor at all times. If, if neither... All three of them weren't being used, because the one that I called, nobody came out of when right, it got down right. to the first floor. So, so you make a good point. Did wasn't Alex trying to work for some escalator elevator company at some point? Uh, he's he's applied for a lot of jobs. But if you'd like to, if you'd like to support my brother, please sign up for the Texas Historical Society, where he is the uh, digital media manager and sends out lovely newsletters. Oh, so great, Alex! You, is, you could be a donor as like as little as twenty five dollars or something. So Alex is now also part of the fake news media. Uh, it's not. I don't know if it's fake news or not. I'm no, I'm not a donor. I don't get the newsletters, so I should take my own advice. All right. Well, find that. Google it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
I agree with you, but I didn't know what the technology is. If that's is that standard practice? If you're an engineer who knows about elevators, uh, let us know because I I never thought of that. They should always be at the bottom. There should always be one at there the bottom. There should be one. If you've got three and none and all three are not being used, why why are they just sticking on the floors that they're at? Send one down. Send well, here's down. the thing. If we we're the only people on the elevator, right? Yeah. We get off and the doors closed. Where does it go? Does it just does it stay there? I guess, and this hotel it does. Yeah, well, this hotel's got a checkered past. Uh, <laughs> believe me, they let you know about it, so you better watch your mouth because uh, there's been some prominent people who've stayed here, and it hasn't ended well for them. So we will not tell you where we not are. Not by virtue of an elevator, though. Right, yeah, well, hey, you know, <laughs> they changed the name for a reason, Nick. So that wraps it up for us. A recommendation. Ooh, I don't know if I have one. Guess what? BoJack Horseman's coming back soon. Yeah. We got season two of American Vandal. Ooh, that's Yeah, guess what? It's supposed to be about poop this time. <laughs> so. <laughs> different characters, right? It's a different. It's the, I think the premise is the guy who made it. Is now the victim? No, no, no. It got picked up by Netflix, like in their universe, and then they became famous. So they got a bunch of other cases from school. So then they go to another school to do the case of like a a pooper, (laughs) a poop bandit or something. What do they call it? They had a name that rhymes with poop. Uh, So I'm in. That's exciting. I I also, real quickly, too, I noticed uh, on my podcast subscriptions that. Uh, you know your your friend and mine, Payne, whatever his name. Uh, Payne Lindsay. They got, they got, he's got a new podcast coming out at the end of the month uh, called Happy Face, which I'll listen to. Oh, it's called Happy Face. Yeah, that's season two. Or no, I saw there was a season two. Season, of up and season one was Up and Vanish. Season two was Atlanta Monster. Season three is this Happy Face thing. But I don't know if there's an, an also another Up and Vanished uh, scenario coming out as well, well because he's big time now. So Payne was Payne was stocked down with the. Uh, Speaking of challenging the media, I mean, he really, he really, you know, attacked the media towards the end of season one, acting like they should continue investigating the case, even though the police said it was solved. And I was like, Payne, I see why your mom named you that. (laughs) So anyway, that wraps it up for us. Good recommendation. But hey, guess what? September 14th, American Vandal and BoJack, which I think Nick would like if I can get him to watch it a little more. (laughs) All right. That wraps it up for us. M. Deuce, play us out. I hope you listen. (laughs) 